thank you, Lord, for your love that abounds towards us. And Lord, you have a steadfast love that is always abounding towards us, each and every one of us, Lord God. No matter what's going on, Lord, you're a God who's always faithful, even if we're not. And so we just come before you this tonight, Lord God, and we just worship you. We worship you that, Lord, you're the Lord God who never leaves us nor forsakes us. And we thank you for your presence here, Lord. Lord, tonight we just set our agreement. We're speaking over every person right now who's struggling in, in, with health issues. Whatever's going on in their bodies, whatever's taking place in their bodies, Lord. We just stand in agreement as a church, as a congregation, on the promises of God. That, Lord, that according, according to your word, what you said, that by the stripes of Jesus, what you took on your back on the cross, Lord God, we're healed. Lord, when the leper came to you and, and he said, Lord, if you're willing, make me whole. And you said, I'm willing. I thank you tonight, Lord, all over this world, you touch people right now, wherever they are, their homes, their cars, here in the service. Lord God, you just begin to miraculously touch people and to heal people. Whatever the ailments are, Lord God, you are the great physician. You're the one who made us. You're the one who fixes us. And so, Lord, I praise you for that. Right now, all over this world is touching people in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we pray for people tonight that are in fear, that have let fear and worry come upon them. You said, Lord, Matthew 6, we're not supposed to worry. Worrying's going to do nothing for us, but we're supposed to take faith and trust in you. And so, Lord, that's what we do tonight. We pray for people that have been caught up in fear. And we say in the name of Jesus, fear be gone. And that their eyes focus upon the promises of God and the things of God. The Lord, the anointing of God goes on to them right now and begins to break off the yokes of fear and doubt, and dread, anxiety. So that, Lord, they can be faith-filled, trusting totally in you. Because you're a good God. And you take us through everything, Lord. And we praise you for that. We praise you for that, Lord. You're so amazing. You're so amazing. Of your steadfast love pouring out for us, fresh and anew every morning. And Lord, we praise you for it. We worship you for it. So whether you're right there at home tonight or you're in here, reach over and take someone's hand and just begin to pray for them and bless them. Come on, really pray for them and ask God to just move in their lives. Lord, just bless that person. Bless that person on, on our left or our right or right there at home, wherever we be. Lord, I just ask you to bless them. That, Lord, you pour yourself out upon them like a mighty river. Just flowing into them right now. Whatever they have need of, whatever's going on. Lord, just touch them right there. Bless them, Lord. And Lord, I just, I just pray that you make every path in their life straight. 
every obstacle that's in their way, Lord God, I just thank you that you create a way around it, or over it, or under it, or through it. And Lord, I praise you for that. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. I look at that person and say, man, God's doing it for you. Come on, look at somebody else and say, man, I'm glad to see you tonight. Praise God. If y'all are watching the live feed, we've had a little technical difficulties glipping off, and so don't worry about it. Just stay with us. Somehow it all gets fixed. But praise God, I want to share a word with you tonight and encourage you. So get your Bibles out. And if you would, go to Genesis chapter 12. We're going to start in the beginning. I've been preaching these last couple of weeks on about... Last, I think it was last Wednesday I preached about you. It was your choice. And then, then uh, Sunday I was preaching more about faith. And, and I want to I talk to you now about how to strengthen your faith. You know, I don't think there's any of us that can say that you never get challenged in your faith walk. So many times we, get just, we just think we're full of faith and then something happens or something changes. And most of the time it does. It happens because we think things should be different. We think that we've got it figured out. We think we've got the path lined out and the way things should go. And then when they don't go that way, well, then we open up the, a door for the enemy to come in there and discourage us. And so I want to just show you something here tonight and just talk to you about, about uh, how to strengthen your faith. Faith is not something you arrive at and then you're there and then you've got it conquered. All right? Faith is something you have to continually be feeding and be building in your life. It's just like exercising. You, you, you get yourself into a great shape and you can go climb Mount Everest. Well, when you get back home, if you just start eating Twinkies and don't do nothing, well, then you ain't going to make it back up to the mountain again. Right? It's a continual thing. We continually have to work at it. You continually have to build your faith. You continually need to be finding ways to challenge yourself. I think a lot of Christians are apathetic. I think they know that they're saved. I think they know they're going to go to heaven. But then I think that they just get apathetic in their walk. and They just keep doing, you know, what little thing that they do over and over again, but they don't really build and strengthen their faith. So I want to show you something here tonight. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. When God first spoke to Abraham, I'm going to read this. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be blessed, and, the, and I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you, and in all the families of the earth shall be blessed, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Think about what that says, and in you all the families of the earth. That's a big vision, the earth, not in your, home, in your immediate family, not even in your hometown, in all the earth. Now, you hear the Lord say something like that to you, you're going to be like, what? Immediately, how is that going to happen? How could the whole earth be blessed, right? So he spoke this to a man who really wasn't serving him, okay? And so Abram at this time, because his name hadn't been chained to Abraham, Abram, he had a choice. Was he going to believe the word of God or not? 
right? Remember I preached last Sunday, it's your choice. It's either you choose to believe God or not. There's no in between. You can't say I'm going to choose to be a Christian, but then you really would like to keep one foot over in the world. I really believe right now God is shaking the fence and he's knocking everybody off one side or the other. Hello? We have a man in the White House who, who offered a prayer for the uh, National Day of Prayer and uh, never mentioned God. How can you do that? How can you have a whole prayer and never mention God? Okay? So I'm just saying, the fence is shaking and they're falling off and some are going, woo, way over there. Right? And I just think the church has got to go way over on the other side. I think it's time for the church to be the church, and I think it's time for us to quit being shocked at the promises of God or the vision of God or whatever. I mean, this is huge. He says, I want you to leave your whole comfort. I'm paraphrasing here. I want you to leave your, uh, I want you, you, uh, you know, go from your family, your father's house, all the things that you know, the, the, the customs that you know, the security that you know. I want you to get rid of all that. I want you to go, and I want you to go out. And if you do that, I'm going to bless through you, I'm going to bless all the families of the earth. But what's he going to do? Is he going to believe God or not? Right? So he does it. He steps out in what we would call faith, right? <clears throat> he takes the first motions, the first action to his faith. He puts some steps in it, right? And he moves out. And he starts going out. And he goes over there. And then he gets over there, and I look at verse 7. So then he says, he gets out there, he leaves the Ur of Chaldees, he goes out to the land, the promised land. Verse 7 says, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he will build, an, and, and there he built an altar of the Lord who had appeared to him. So now God adds to the promise. He said, I'm going to go out, I want to bless you, I want to do all this kind of stuff, do this for you. And then he's out there standing, I don't know, let's just say he's standing on a hill, he's overlooking uh, uh, Israel, and he, and he sees it and God says, okay, now all this land I want to give you. Okay, promise is getting better, right? But can you imagine Abraham thinking, okay, how does this happen? How does this, how's this going to come about, right? I mean, he's got some people with him, some servants with him, some other you know, people around him, lots with him, and, and they've got some herdsmen and they've got all this stuff, and all of a sudden, all this is going to be mine. How's that going to happen? You see, the problem is, church, when we get to trying to figure out how it's going to happen, that's when you always are going to get in disarray. Okay? So now jump over to chapter 13. Here you go again. The Lord speaks to Abram again. Um, in verse 14, 13, 14. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. All the land which I see, which you see, I will give you and your descendants forever. <clears throat> this is God speaking, he says, forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length, and it's width, for I give it to you. All right? Now, I want to just bring something to your attention. At this point, his wife was barren. He knew it. They had no children. Remember how I told you last week about you can't, there's certain things that, that you, you're trying to compute in your brain 
of how it should be. Nobody would have ever come up with, oh, that's okay. We'll just camp here by the Red Sea. God will part it and we'll go across on dry land. Nobody's going to think of that. Nobody's going to come up with that one, right? Just like Peter in the boat, nobody would have come up with walking on the water. And see, what happens to us as Christians, we're trying to walk in the spiritual dominion with God, but we're basing it all upon whatever's inside of our head. And God says, that's not the way you walk in faith. The way you walk in faith is you walk by your spirit, what's on the inside of you, what you know the word says. It's a big difference. If you're walking by sight or what's in your head, you're not walking in faith. If you're having a totally every, every moment convince yourself that God's going to do what he said he's going to do, then you're still in your head. You're just running around. You're not really in faith. Are y'all with me? You're just walking out some kind of, I don't know what you want to call it, an emotional, psychological walk with God. You're just trying to be happy. Yes, God's good. Uh-huh. But really, it's just all in your head. It's not in your heart. And Christians have missed the blessings of God and the things of God because they would not walk with it by truly what we call faith. You can call it faith. You can call it walking in the spirit. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But the bottom line is that you're believing God's going to do what he said he's going to do no matter what the situation looks like. And that has taken you to a place of peace. It's not magic. It's faith. So Abraham put faith, and he found something he could do because he says, arise and walk in the land. So now Abraham, what he's going to say, okay, we're going to walk in the land. Okay, everything I can see, okay, you know, I don't know how he did it. I'm just throwing this out there, right? He gets his guys to think, okay, I can see all the way to the top of that far hill over there. So at least as far as I'm seeing out there, and somebody help me mark that out. Okay, remember we got, we got two hills rising over here, and then there's a one right there. And okay, that one I can see it there. And then he turns and looks this way and says, man, I can see. Look, I can see all the way. Don't you see the coast over there, you know? Are y'all seeing? Y'all, y'all following me here? Come on, get with me here. Y'all just look at me like I'm nuts. He had to pick out a landmark, right? You can't just say, what do I see? Because in the next day, if he walked a day's journey, then if he looked, he could still see. So it was what he could see. So he marked these landmarks off, I guess, and then off they took off. He's going to tread the land. So he walked, walk, 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 walk. This way, that way, every way, north, south, east, west, walks it all out. It's probably good for a while, right? Because he was doing something. Go to 15, chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse 1. Now it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, do not be afraid. Why is he having to tell him, do not be afraid? Why is God having to tell Abraham, do not be afraid? Because he is afraid. Are y'all with me? In other words, Abraham walked and did what he, was, what he did. He walked out the, the land. He walked out everywhere he was supposed to. And then now he's coming back, but he's been sitting for a while thinking. That's right. It's dangerous. He's been sitting around thinking. And now doubt's starting to rise in his heart that God's going to do what God said he's going to do. I mean, he looks at his wife, Sarah, and she can't have children. She's barren. He's got no more seed than when he started out. Don't you know he's going through his mind? He's thinking, how is all the world going to be blessed? All of the earth 
is going to be blessed. Every person on the earth is going to be blessed by what God's going to do. And what has happened so far? I've done is wore my shoes out walking all over the land. I got nothing. I've claimed it, but I mean, you know, we don't have a fence around our perimeter. I didn't get a deed from the the land office saying it's all mine because I staked it all off, and the, the surveyors hadn't, you know, come back with the the coordinates of everything, and so now it's all. He ain't got none of this. He just he could have just been. I guarantee the devil told him this, that you're just some fool wandering around. You're just a wandering vagabond. You got nothing. Well, you say it's your God's going to give you this land. What do you mean God's going to give you this land? I don't see him going to give you anything. So he says, don't be afraid, Abraham. I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward. In other words, I am everything to you. I'm your healer. I'm your redeemer. I'm your savior. I'm your everything that you need. I am. I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward. And that's where a lot of people miss it. Because what God really wants us to do by walking in faith is just fall in love with him and who he is. And then when we fall in love with with him and who he is, and we're just focused on that and we just love him so much, we're not even noticing the things around us that aren't really kind of lining up like we thought they should. We're just, man, he's my, my shield and my exceeding great reward. Woo! This is God speaking this to Abraham. I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward. But Abraham said, Lord, what do you give me? See, I'm going childless in there. My house is Eliezer of Damascus. See what I'm saying? He's thinking. He's thinking it out. This is Father Abraham, right? The great Abraham. But he's having doubts. He's like, you know, I I hear what you're saying to me, but I don't see how it's going to work. He got focused on the wrong thing. He was looking at his childlessness, not God's my shield, my exceeding great reward. That's exactly, listen, that's exactly what happens to us. There's no other, there, there's no other way around it. There's no other, there's nothing else. That's what happens to us. When you get full of doubt and unbelief, if you'll just stop at that moment and say, okay, what have I been thinking about? You know, uh, a long time ago, uh, here in the church, way back when the church has turned the other direction, the Lord spoke to me in this church, and, and in it I saw I had an open vision. I saw some things that were going to happen in life, and I remember I, I saw these, the sound booth used to be right over there, and I saw these big cables going out, and I saw outside in the parking lot, and I saw it was like a, a drive-in, and there was wires running all out there, and there was posts, and people were driving their cars up and rolling their windows down, and we were putting speakers in there, and the word was going into the car as we were preaching, and there was, and there was two big speakers, and it was just blaring out. And so, you know, I went and bought these two big speakers and just thought, you know, okay, that's got to be the vision of the Lord. We're going to, you know, somehow the parking lot's going to be filled up and, you know, we're going to do this. And so I never dreamed, I never in those days dreamed that we'd be on a radio and we'd be, uh, you know, uh, live broadcasting and doing all this. Kind of, I never dreamed that. I never, I, that wasn't my vision because all that was in my vision was what I, what I could imagine, Right? And that's what gets us in trouble. We're sitting here trying to imagine how God's going to bring it about when God really doesn't need our help for ideas to get us out of the mess we're in or get us where we need to be. He just wants us 
to look at him and say, you know, you're my shield, my exceeding great reward. What else is there? You're going to line everything else up. You're going to take care of everything. So let's read on. Then Abraham said, look, I have, you, you've given me no offspring. So now he's really, he's chastising the Lord. Don't you know that he kept asking Sarah if she was pregnant? And then probably looking at her, they probably had fight after fight. Are you, what, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? Why aren't you in faith? Aren't you believing? God said. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and he said, look now towards the heavens and, and, and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he had accounted it for righteousness. Now that, so now the Lord's trying to, God's trying to get him over to thinking like he thinks. And he takes him out and he sees all the stars in heaven's skin. He count them all. And he says, that's how many kids you're going to have. Now that's scary, right? Because you've got to be thinking, wow, I mean. How's this going to happen? Now he's blowing his mind. So what I'm saying to you is, listen, it's the plan of the enemy to get you off track. It's the plan of the enemy to get you looking at things, thinking about how things should work and, and how they should happen and what is your timeline. That's the tactic of the enemy. He wants to get you in that. So you're looking at this and saying, well, Lord, how is this going to be? How's this going to happen? And get you over there because when, he, when you start doing that, and get your eyes off of how much you just love Jesus and, and are so thankful that he's your shield and your exceeding great reward, then you're going to get overwhelmed. And you're going to get full of doubt and unbelief. So it says Abraham finally believed God, right? Well, he did. But let's go on down a little bit. Chapter 15, verse 8. So he says, well, okay, well, that's great, Lord, but... How shall I know that I'm going to inherit this? Can you, can you give me something a little more tangible than just your word? Now, catch this tonight. He said, can you just give me something, you know, maybe that I could hold in my hand, something that I could touch? In other words, can you bring it into the realm that I'm comfortable in, the sight realm? And why do we want it in the sight realm? Because we want it in the sight realm because we operate very well in the sight realm. Right? I mean, people have always said, oh, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I'll believe it. I'll get in faith when it gets into the sight realm. So Abraham just gets through believing God and he accounted him for righteousness. And then he steps right back into the sight realm. He didn't stay, he didn't stay in faith very long or the realm of the spirit very long. He jumps back and says, well, how am I going to know that I'm inherited? So he said, okay, you, wanna, you, wanna, you want something. Now hear me, folks, listen to me. This is really good tonight. Don't fall asleep. Don't be thinking about your, you know, going home. Listen, this is the point. He said, well, okay. God says, okay. Do you hear this? God says, okay, you need something? Okay. Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So he brought these things to him. And he cut them in two down the middle and, and, and placed each piece opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds in two, and the vultures came down onto the carcasses, and Abraham drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And behold, a horror and a great darkness fell upon him. And he said to Abram, No, certainly. Do you hear this? God says, 
know certainly that your descendants shall be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will be afflicted 400 years and also a nation whom who they serve will judge afterwards and they will come out with great possessions as for you you shall go to your fathers in peace and you shall be buried at a good old age now what he gave him was a covenant he gave Abraham something that, or Abram at this point, he gave him something that he could hang on to in the natural called a covenant. God made a covenant with Abraham. All right? So the promises, it, it became reality when he looked at the covenant, not when he saw it come to pass. Do you hear what I'm saying here? It became a reality to Abraham when he knew and he saw the covenant. He saw the animals cut in pieces. He saw there was a covenant made. It became a reality to Abraham. His faith changed. His walk changed. Everything changed right then because he had something to hang on to, a covenant. So the, promise, the promises that God gave him that you're going to have a child, going to be a star, it's going to affect the whole earth, all the blessings, cursings, all these kind of things. All became a reality to Abraham because we're like about a covenant with him. And that's what he said. Okay? He's not going to break the covenant. Hebrews chapter 6. Go to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. The writer of Hebrews gives us a little more in-depth look here at this covenant. Hebrews 6.13, it says, When God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessings I will bless you and multiply I will multiply you. So after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by a greater, and an oath for a confirmation to them is an end of all dispute. Thus God determining to show the more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for the refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor, an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters, in, which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever under the order of Melchizedek. Okay? So what he says here, he says, look, the covenant, it was a promise. But God swore to himself, because he could swear by no greater, he swore to himself that I'm going to do this. And it's impossible. You had the covenant, you had the words of the covenant, and you had God swearing upon it, and there's no way God could lie, so it was going to happen. So what Abraham did from thereafter, when he was walking along and doubt and unbelief came rising up, what he did was he looked back and he said, I got a covenant with God. Not, oh God, what's going on? I don't understand the circumstances. I don't say, Lord, what are you going to do? How can this happen? How, what is this? How are you going to make this happen? Where's this going to come from? What are you going to do? What are you going to Where's my son? Where's my kids? How the, star, the stars in the sky? How am I going to have these kids in the no, He didn't get there. He just said, I just look at the covenant. And it says that became an anchor to his soul. Kept him on track. Are y'all following me here? So when you're starting to get your faith swaying and wavering, you got to go back to your covenant. Now, go to Hebrews 8, 6. What kind of covenant? Hebrews 8, 6 says, Now, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. He's talking about Jesus. 
inasmuch as he is the mediator of a better covenant, which is established on better promises. Wait a minute. The old covenant that Abraham had was great. But he said the new covenant we got now with Jesus, it's even better. Look at Hebrews 10, 35. Hebrews 10, 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Do not cast away your confidence. Do not cast away your confidence, which is great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promises. For yet a little while, and he is coming, will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Okay, so here we go. If you're going to walk and strengthen your faith, you've got to start, you got to look at the covenant. What covenant do we have? We have a covenant with Jesus Christ. God sent Jesus to the cross for us. He made him the, the Bible says, the propitiation. He made him the sacrifice. He made him on the cross the one that was going to die for our sins. His blood ran down the cross. Hear me now. So that you could be forgiven, so that you could be healed, so that you could walk in the promises of God. But as long as you keep walking in the sight, in sight, you're going to get into doubt and unbelief. You're going to lose the anchor to your soul. You've got to go back to your covenant. Who's your covenant with? It's with Jesus. Wow. The looking to the Arthur and the finisher of our faith. Right? He's the, he's the sign. He's the symbol of our covenant. When you look to Jesus, well, then everything changes because you're looking at the covenant, just like Abraham was looking at the covenant. The sacrificed animals. Jesus on the cross, the Lamb of God, slain for the world. All right? Okay. He says, therefore, we do not cast away your confidence. The confidence, what confidence? So it boils down to this simple fact, church. The simple fact is, do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe he died on a cross for you? Do you believe he forgave you of your sins? That's your covenant. That's the only place you really have to have faith. You can't work up faith and when you're looking at something, okay, Lord, I think that I think I can work up a lightning bolt. I think I can work up, I think I can work something up, Lord. I think I can really work this up and get some. No, no, no. He wants you to look to Jesus, the earth and the finisher of your faith. And say, Jesus, here I am. I'm your servant. I'm your servant. I believe, I believe you have me. I believe you have me. I believe you got me. You're holding me. You're going to take care of me because that's what your promises says. But I'm just looking to you. I believe that you are the son of the living God. And folks, when you start doing that, that starts building your faith because you're looking at the covenant. You're looking at Jesus. You got to quit looking at what's going on and what's in the world, what's taking place here. You got to look to Jesus and say, you know, Jesus, you're coming back and you're going to rule this earth and you're, you're in charge. You're a righteous God. You're a good God. You're a just God. You're going to do it right. Ain't nobody going to get anything messed up. Uh, we don't have to have any, uh, there ain't going to be no mess ups in the kingdom of God. You got it, Lord. You got it taken care of. You're going to take care of me. You're going to get me through this time. Folks, I believe with all of my heart, okay, I believe that we're coming into a time on this earth. And, and, and if you disagree with me, you have the right to disagree with me because I'm saying it. This is thus saith Robert. This is what I feel in my spirit. I don't feel like things are going to get better. 
I don't care who the next president is. I don't care what goes on. Did you know? Let me just tell you a little bit of things. There's you. Sometimes things happen and you don't understand how the effect is going to come. All right. I was reading an article today about how that we can all expect chocolate to soar in price. And women, women's cosmetics are going to go out of sight shortly. Do you know why? Let me tell you why. Oh, let me tell you why. Because I'm trying to think of a proper word, but I can't come up with it. Uh, because all the, the green friendlies in the world have gone to Malaysia and Indonesia and said that they thought there was too much uh, deforesting going on and they were cutting too many trees down that produce palm oil. And so because of this, the country got behind it and they started reducing palm oil. Well, palm oil is mainly grown in Malaysia and Indonesia. And so they cut it down. They said, no, oh, no, you have to do this, you have to do this and this. And they got in all this bureaucracy and all this paperwork and all this stuff. And so palm oil has now shot up. It's already, it, uh, it's already six times higher than it's ever been in the history. And it's going up and going up and going up because now there's a lot of rains over there. And it's not, the harvest isn't going to be that good anyway. And so everything is going on. And so it, I just, I just kind of chuckled. The two places is going to be the hardest hit is chocolate and women's cosmetics. Because somebody got to doing something and got over here and messed the system up and the system got messed up. And so it trickled down and it took a while because all of that stuff happened years ago. You follow this didn't happen just in the start of this year. This happened years ago that this effect started, but nobody saw what the ball was going to do until, boom, it hit. Things are taking place in the world right now that I don't care who the president is in 2024. It isn't going to get turned around. We turned, we turned the train. We turned the car. We turned the, the, the direction that we're going in. This, and things are going to be still happening. Excuse me. Things are going to still be happening in years to come. But then I got to thinking about Elijah. Bless the lady in her pot, never quit running. Hmm? Went to the widow and had just a little bit of meal, a little bit of oil, but just kept pouring out. And I thought, isn't that amazing, Lord? We Christians better get to thinking about those things. You may not need, this is what, this is what is, I'm just saying this, and don't take this literally. Just follow, just, just listen to the spirit of this. You, you may not need to preserve a lot of food because your jar may not ever go empty. The box of rice may not ever quit pouring. He said, Well, Pastor, you know. Oh, you do what you want to, but I'm just telling you, I'm believing for a supernatural experience. I'm believing that the church has got to be the church. Why not? If our, if our covenant is built on better promises in the Old Testament, how come the Old Testament operate like that? We can't. We can't because we don't believe it. You know why? Because we only think with our minds. We're not looking to Jesus other than the finisher of our faith. Had ravens come and feed him. 
All I'm saying is, folks, you got to get to over to the, to, the, to the place in life where you're looking for the supernatural. And they kind of quit looking at that, that what man's doing and start looking at what God can do. And then this will be an anchor to your soul. Sometimes I have these little rejoicing fits, and I just <laughs> rejoice and rejoice and rejoice. I'm just so glad I got saved. Just so glad I met Jesus. Just so glad he came into my life. Just so glad. I just walk around the house and golly, Lord, no matter what happened or what goes on. Ooh, Lord, I think you didn't leave me in that pig pen in life. I think you saved me. I think you got me out, Lord. Ah, man, bless God, I'm headed to heaven. And this is a great day. It's a great, everything's good because I'm with you. But then, you know, the old enemy comes in there and he tries to get you looking at this and looking at that, looking at this and looking at that. And I'm just telling y'all, this is where we've got to be. We've got to be anchored to our rock, Jesus. We've got to be looking to the art and the finisher of our faith. We've got to be listening for his word speaking to us. And that's how our faith gets built. Because if you look at man, look at the world and the things going on, whoo, man, you're going to get discouraged really, really quick. Amen? So, told you what you got to do, you got to do it. I can't make you do it. I can't come check on you, put a shock collar on you every time you look into everything. <laughs> Be easy, but that's not the way it works. Amen? So, you are going to be more than conquerors. I believe great things for us here at Living Waters Church. I believe there's going to be great things. I believe great things are going to take place. Great things are going to go on. I believe you're going to be shocked in the days ahead. I want you to know I'm encouraged, not discouraged. I'm not worried. I'm believing for an outpouring of the Spirit of God like we've never seen before. I believe for good things. I believe for great days ahead of us. Oh, there's going to be difficulties. There's going to be some things. we got to quit walking around with our mouths wide open saying, Oh, I can't believe this. Yeah, because it isn't going to get us anywhere. All right? And we've got to get out of the shock of what's happened and jump into the spirit of things and what God's saying and go on. Amen? Amen. Well, praise God. Well, stand to your feet in here. All of those of you at home, man, join me right now in this prayer. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to, I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to bless your finances. And so lock into this, get hold of this, and let God bless you. Father, I declare right now in Jesus' name that we are going to be the head and not the tail. We are going to be above and not beneath. We're going to walk, Lord God, reminding ourselves of our covenant with you. That God, that Jesus, you are the author and the finisher of our faith, because you are, you're, you're the seal of, the, of, 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 our, of our covenant, Lord. You've given us the Holy Spirit and sealed us and put us in here, but Jesus, you did it all on the cross for us. I just declare right now that, Lord, these people are blessed. I declare their finances are blessed, their businesses are blessed. No matter what craziness is going on in the world, no matter what takes place, Lord, we're looking to you to be our shield and our exceeding great reward. Lord, that you shield us from the things going on, and that you bless us in all that we do. And so, Lord, I praise you for it. I thank you for it. Bless them, Lord God, this day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.